0: I worked for Newsday, I was high up in sales and marketing. While I was wrestling, I worked for
1: the Village Voice, and that was while I was still in music.
2: With our soda pup brand, we make a product that
1: looks like a coffee cup. You know, we're looking to do for dates what Heinz did for ketchup.
3: I've created something that will help make that chore of changing your bed into an easy to do ritual in the morning.
4: I'm Richard Gerhardt.
3: And I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage
4: to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You just heard from some of our incredible guests this evening. Stay with us
5: for Passage to Profit. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near you've given it heart now get it in gear it's passage to profit with richard and elizabeth gearhart
4: we have a very special guest tonight he's really incredible off the charts in every way brimstone he's a pro wrestler he's a radio host he's an author and the list goes on and on I am looking forward to a great interview.
6: I want to ask him what it was like to be a horror model. (laughs) But anyway, after after Brimstone. So you
4: won't want to miss that. But after
6: that. After Brimstone, we have three incredible companies being presented. So the first one is for pet owners and i just found out they have a really cool product that'll work for cats too but i love that they have something for what they call power chewers so (laughs) listen for this line of products because there's a lot there you could choose
4: is that for people or is that for pets
6: (laughs) it's for pets Okay. i I guess if you're a power chewer (laughs) anyway
4: that sounds like a new wrestling guy you know (laughs) power chewer anyway
6: and then we have um d Organics from Brian Finkel and David Zinn. And if you like sweets, who doesn't, right? This is a healthier way. And they have to talk about what they do because it's really very interesting. And it's something that people are going to want. And then our final presenter is Michelle Winas. I am not going to say what she has, but I will say I can't believe that this wasn't invented years ago. And I expect every household to have multiple sets of these by the end of the year, once they find out about it.
4: So, like, way to hook the audience. That (laughs) was awesome. Okay, now now nobody can uh, turn the dial. But before we get to those things, we are going to our IP in the news segment. What do we have up first?
6: Since we have a wrestler here... Richard was very cognizant of that and went and found an article about wrestlers and their names and their trademarks and the Wrestling Foundation. So what did you find out?
4: Well, believe it or not, I mean, Fordham Law School is a very well-respected law school in New York City. I believe that. And they had a really incredible article about pro wrestling in one of their law journals. So of course I had to pick on that. And it really talks about trademarks and how the WWE and Vince McMahon really kind of manages and controls how wrestlers are able to capitalize on their brand. And so of course everything is very tightly controlled. One of the ways they do this is by ensuring that every wrestler has a trademark to their name and then the wrestler trademark owned by the WWE. So wow. there are a lot of people who think that that's really unfair. On the other hand, if you're Vince McMahon, you know, he's famous for this kind of stuff, but it also just goes to show how powerful trademarks can be in helping somebody control their brand.
6: Well, some people must get permission to use them because they mentioned The Rock in the article. Like everybody knows The Rock, right? Right. So I'm not sure what deal he has with them, but we'll talk to Brimstone about that later. And then we wanted to go on to our funny patent, which again is a wrestling patent. So (laughs) have you ever wanted to practice wrestling a bull without having to use a real bull? Well, this guy made a patent for it, but you better have a pickup truck with a hitch on it.
4: Right. So the idea is that you have a mechanical steer, it's for steer wrestling, and it's on all sorts of hinges and pistons and you attach it to the back of the truck and the truck drives slowly while the cowboy or cowgirl wrestles the steer while the truck is moving. To me, this sounds like a very dangerous activity. It's obviously for training rodeo people, but I guess rodeo is pretty dangerous to begin with. So I don't know which is worse, a horse or a that's well, we have the are, naked
6: cowboy in New York City, but I've never seen yeah. that.
4: <laughs> you know, that might be a new angle if they were driving down Times Square and you had the cowboy, uh, <laughs> you that cowboy wrestling. you get pretty scraped up without any clothes on,
3: though. <laughs>
4: But anyway, it's on to Richard's Roundtable, and we just like to ask our guests this evening if you want to comment on what we just said. Amen. Brimstone, hi.
0: First and foremost, I want to say, finally, Brimstone's made it to the Passage to Profit podcast. I'm super excited to be here. It's absolutely an honor and a privilege. We got to bring up the energy. I'm ready to go, guys. So first and foremost, I want to say, you know, I, I did hear you guys mentioned the Naked Cowboy. And although we are not friends, we actually did a an event together. Um, it was a red carpet for HBO. And I'm pretty sure it was for Fast and the Furious. We're talking about years ago. And funny enough, the guy came in his underwear with a big fur jacket over it. But he was in his underwear and the cowboy hat, cowboy boots. And I was just <laughs> amazed. I said, I don't know how the hell you're going out in this kind of weather because it was cold out at the time. But he did have that big fur jacket. So... Anyway, he is a staple in New York City. You know, in terms of, I know you were you were talking about the whole uh, WWE and Vince McMahon deal. That's been the case for many, many, many years where if somebody didn't want to give up their name or they were not interested in staying with the company or they got rid of the person, they lose the opportunity to use that name. That's why if you follow certain people's careers over time, you'll see that they change their names. It might be somewhat slightly different, but different enough where it's not going to be a problem with the IP that was Vince McMahon owned. You know, so you've got a lot of people that their careers just go "Eh," right down simply because, you know, they can't stay on that high stride that they had working with Vince. You know, then they'll go somewhere else. And if they don't get the same push, especially with a different name, now you got an issue. And he's also well known for taking somebody whose character is not necessarily working very well, or even if it is working well, they decide they want to switch it up. They'll pull you out for, you know, X amount of time and then switch it up, change your look, change your name and then put you out again under a completely different IP. It's a very interesting situation there. And uh, I know a lot of the boys are very unhappy with it. I own Brimstone. I mean, I've been Brimstone for over 20 years. That was one of my issues back when, is I was not going to give up my trademark at the time. And at this point, I have a common law trademark. I mean, I've been around for that long and I have, so many products on market. It all comes back to me. So anybody else who does use the Brimstone name, they, they're, they're asking mis- for trouble. They're asking <laughs> for trouble. But at the end of the day, you've got these guys like Brutus Barber, Beefcake, you know, legends in the industry, you know, who had to fight for his name and his IP. And funny enough, the story goes with him. Apparently somebody at the main office for WWE let it lapse. That's a One no-no. And his agent, who's well gone at this point, Scott Epstein was a fantastic guy. He actually snatched it up and gifted it to Brutus. So he's able to use his name. But even if you go out and you use the WWE logo or, you know, WWF logo or somebody bills you under the character name and you're no longer with WWE, people get cease and desist. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with that. For sure, for sure.
4: Kenya, what are your
0: thoughts?
7: Well, it's interesting because Brimstone brought up a great point about being a wrestler and having a name prior to going into the WWE and then them switching it up. So I think that happened to The Undertaker, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) which he was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. I I loved him. And um, he was like me, Me, Mark McAllister. And when he went into work with Vince, they switched his name to The Undertaker and his career just took off from there. So you talk about, You know, I'd rather be The Undertaker than Mean Mark. It's kind of cooler, right? Right. You know, it worked out for him in that case. It's like branding
0: is everything. Here's the thing. A lot of the guys, when they go in, you know, they're rough around the edges. They might be able to work in the ring, but they don't necessarily have their gimmicks down pat. Other people have the whole package. And those are the guys like you've seen, like The Rock and Chris Jericho and people that have been around for a long time. And there's a reason why they have that longevity. Then there are people that, you know, they need to be taught. They need to be given a gimmick. They have to be given a persona, taught how to do it. So in the case of someone like The Undertaker, it was the package. He didn't necessarily have a good gimmick at the time back when, but this large than life, huge guy, Vince gave him the opportunity, gave him the whole gimmick and Taker ran with it and became a legend. So you can't, discount Vince McMahon, the money and the effort he puts into the people that are under his employment. It sounds like
6: Vince is excellent at marketing, but he also understands intellectual property really well. And if you have those two tools together, you can make a ton of money.
4: So Brimstone obviously is thinking like a business owner here, and we appreciate that. And we'll be hearing more from him After this break,
8: what are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software, application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect. Contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
5: Now back to past to profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
4: With our special guest this evening, Brimstone. And this is a show about entrepreneurism. Brimstone, maybe you could talk a little bit about what you did to build your career. Our audience is interested in learning how to build their own businesses. So maybe they could learn some lessons
0: from you. Listen, I've been in, in business and in entertainment for many, many years. And one thing that is very important to remember is that entertainers are entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs should be entertaining. I mean, that's the thing I I like to say all the time. And it's very, very true. A lot of people think, well, you're in entertainment. You don't need to know, uh, you know, business. You you, you go have fun, go wrestle in a ring or go play music or write a book. it's not so hard. It's not so complicated. There's a whole big business that surrounds every single one of the things we do. Multi-million dollar businesses. You put out a hit song, you're talking billions of dollars. You know what I mean? That That's involved in that. So you need to know a little bit of everything. You don't necessarily need to be an expert, but you should know a little bit of everything, if not as much as humanly possible. So... I've taken it upon myself to really make sure that I know a lot about a lot. So this way, you know, I never find myself backed into a corner, especially with my own brand and my own businesses. And again, in business in general, and I'm sure everybody that's here on the show today or listening at home who does have a business or has been an entrepreneur or been an entertainer, they've had an issue where they feel like they failed at something, something's happened. I wear those failures as badges of honor. I take them and I utilize them as seeds to kind of take two steps back see what's going on, see what I did wrong, learn from that, and then take 10 steps forward. A lot of people take failure as a, oh, I I should get out of this. Maybe I'm not cut out for it. You really need to kind of learn, you know what I mean? Learn from your mistakes and and continue to build and move forward. I think the entrepreneur likes the idea of building something for themselves. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, if you don't believe in yourself, who the hell else is going to believe in you? That's first and foremost. Second of all, yes, I worked for other people. I did the nine to five. I worked Corporate positions. You guys are in New Jersey. I'm here on the island in New York. I worked for Newsday. I was high up in sales and marketing while I was wrestling. Okay. At the very beginning, I worked for the Village Voice, you know, again, high up in sales and marketing, you know, and that was while I was still in music. My biggest problem was that I'm doing the lion's share of the work, but they're getting the lion's portion of the money and the accolades, you know? So I made a a cognizant decision years ago where I said, you know what? It's either all or nothing. And I decided I'm just gonna go for it. And uh, and that's what I did. I just stopped doing everything and then it was just brimstone all the time. And that's my business. I'm brimstone 24/7. seven. I've never been happier. And I've built businesses along the way because entertainment is peaks and valleys. People don't understand that, you know, your career can go up and down. People need to understand that and prepare for that. So the one thing that I've always done is I've made sure to build businesses around my brand. I put out a ton of different products that are all branded under the Brimstone brand that are in all different areas, uh, not just in entertainment, but in just everyday life. You don't necessarily need to know that it's me, you know, you know, like, like me, the person behind it. As long as you like the product, I'm happy because I'm still putting dollars in my pocket. That makes sense.
6: Brimstone, that was one thing I wanted to ask you about. Well, there are a couple things. It looks like you've done a number of different things. So you go, maybe go in and out of things. But the one I'm the most interested in asking you about, because I've never heard of this before, is you were a horror model. What is that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, you know, I'm especially with the Brimstone, you know, persona, you know. Again, I, I'm just a regular guy, just like everybody else. But I have the long hair, you know, the beard, the the earrings, and I've done horror stuff before. So I'm kind of dragged into the horror scene, which is cool. It's fine with me. And since I have a good name behind me, you know, I've been asked to do different shoots for many different things, horror. Uh, so I've been the subject of many different photo shoots, which are horror based photo shoots, and things have sold for big money. I didn't get that money, but somebody got that money. And <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's an interesting little tidbit, which I don't normally talk about. So thank you for bringing it up.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, that's very funny. Just going back to one other thing that you mentioned, which I thought, you know, is your diversification intentional? I mean, your yes. heart Law, we never wanted to be dependent on one or two particular clients or one or two particular markets. And sometimes one part of the practice is doing well the other part of the practice is slowing down, then something changes, but it's always kind of given us sort of a sense of safety, knowing that if we lose a client for whatever reason, we've still got another literally 3,000 to fall back on, right?
0: The way I look at it is, is very similar. In terms of what I do, think of it as advertising. You have your clients. These are the people that are um, the meat and potatoes are the ones that, that are going to be making sure that you are always going to survive. You know what I'm saying? You have your big guys, but they come every once in a while. You know what I mean? Every so often you'll hit a big deal and you go, all right, I got that quarter mil from this one, or I got 30 grand from that one. But then you've got the smaller dudes that are paying five grand, 10 grand, whatever, and so forth to advertise with whatever you're talking. I'm just, you know, uh, coming up with something here. But, you know, at the end of the day, you're, you're talking about, these are your meat and potatoes. So it's always good to continuously add on. So the same thing with me, like I said, up and down peaks and valleys. So, you know, my sauces and seasonings, that line, you know, is always doing well. I know I can always count on that bringing in cash. You know, the Grindhouse Radio, I know I can always count on Grindhouse bringing in cash. Hound Comics, you know, Hound Comics Inc., I know that's always going to bring in cash. I don't even have to touch it and it brings in cash. Then I'll scoot out here and I'll go, well, let's do this cologne line, see if that works. Let's throw this out here, the coffee line, see if that works, see what happens. You know, because that's just a little bit extra and just in case, even if that doesn't work, I've still got everything else kind of going on and set in place. I'm in a good position and yes, everything is intentional. Some things I've fallen into, I will admit some things I've fallen into, but other things are, are intentional. You know, Look, and they all interconnect as well. I do the radio. What's the next possible progression from radio? Voice work, voice acting. I do a tremendous amount of voice work and acting. Everything kind of interacts and engages with each other. When I was looking to get out of the ring, I said, look, you know, I was getting up there. I go, I don't want to be in my fifties and sixties and still bumping around in a ring. I want to be, you know, able to kind of take what I've built and go and move with it. What's the next natural progression of professional wrestling? And Brimstone,
6: oh. I want to squeeze another question in here real quick. Sure, sure. For entrepreneurs, especially Richard started Gearheart Law. I helped him and I do marketing. We had no business background. we would worked in businesses. Richard had been on business teams. Mm-hmm. And so we're self-taught for business. Are you self-taught? Like, would you tell an entrepreneur to go get an MBA? Would you tell him? Them- to take entrepreneurial classes? Like, how did you become so astute as a business person?
0: I started my first business at 17 and I learned a lot. I paid attention to what my father did, um, what my mother did. They were both entrepreneurs. And then working for major corporations, I learned a lot. And then I utilized that in everything that I was doing moving forward. In music, I learned how to guerrilla market, I knew how to use a microfiche and figure out territories, figure out where I could go. I mean, there there's so many things that I've learned along the way. So should people go to school? Absolutely. But there's nothing like real world experience. And also mentorship. I love the fact that I, I've been able to mentor a lot of people in the creative space and had them become very successful. It's very rare that you can make that connection and help people get out there and do their thing. I would suggest getting a mentor. I always think that there are certain areas that you can't necessarily know about, like Legal, I know a lot of legal simply for being around for so long. But if I don't have somebody like a Richard or an an Elizabeth by my side, I can't possibly know everything because that's not my expertise. So it's good to learn and, and build by getting mentors speaking with people that are, are doing what you're looking to do and also learning from your past, learning from the mistakes, learning from your wins. I hope I'm making sense. Excellent. Right.
6: Yes. I know Kenya is, is probably dying to ask you something.
7: Yeah. I just heard you have so many different business models and it sounds like they're all tied to things that you like right? So with the comic book stuff. So what advice would you give to someone or anybody who's looking to turn an area of interest that is important to them or a passion project into, you know, a lucrative business model?
0: Well, first and foremost, I like to make sure that everybody knows, don't think of anything as a hobby. When you think of it as a hobby, that's all it's going to be. If you're going to get into something, understand this is a business. When you first start off, this is a business. Even if it's baby steps, the business. So you got to treat it like that. I say, if it's something that you're really passionate about and you really want to get something out there, bring a product to market, write a book, whatever it may be, you've got to be prepared to put in 200%. If you're not ready to put in 200%, you know, just take a step back because if you're not doing it, it's not going to go anywhere because nobody else is going to do it for you. That's first and foremost. Two, have yourself a plan. You know what I mean? People really poo-poo a lot on putting together a business plan, especially small businesses. A business plan is going to help you tremendously, and it's going to help you kind of Figure out the path that you need to take in order to build that business into a success. And I hate writing business plans. I hate (laughs) it. It's one of I I despise writing them. But at the end of the day, it's very very important. I mean, the Grindhouse Radio business plan is is thick and it continues to evolve. You know what I mean over the years. So when I say write a business plan, it doesn't have to be super in detail, but it's going to help you. So the more detail you do put in, the more time you put into it, the more research the better off you're going to be and the more it will help you because you're utilizing it as a tool, not just for yourself, for your business and for the potential of getting investors, being able to go and get loans, whatever it may be to help take your business to the next level.
6: You'll hear about my startup a little bit later, but Richard sits on a couple of investor groups or is in a couple of investor groups, one in Westchester, one here in, in New York and one here in New Jersey. And I'm building my business to sell it. And the first thing he says is, if you ever want to sell this business, you better build it for an investor. So this is what investors want. And that has to go into the business plan and it really focuses you, right?
4: So one thing is doing a business plan. Another piece is, strangely, intellectual property. Because a lot of people are concerned about starting a project and putting it out there in the public without really having the resources to protect against somebody else taking the idea. So, and and sometimes that's a, a realistic fear. Sometimes it's not, but at least having the intellectual property on file frees them up now to go out and start talking with people about their project. And that helps promote them. So it serves the purpose of protecting it in a legal sense, but also freeing them up to pursue it fully. Those are all tools that the entrepreneur needs to be aware of in order to help them succeed.
0: I agree with you 100%. You know, trademarks are huge. You know, you need to protect your IP. It's very, very important. I can't tell you how many people I've seen try to get into any of the industries and they're excited and they they put all this time and this effort and this money into building, uh, you know, they're like a new sauce, like a new hot sauce. And they go, oh man, this is going to be the best thing since sliced bread. Everybody's going to buy it. And, you know, they have this name and, and they spend lots of money on artwork and so forth. And then they go and they put it out. And then all of a sudden... Well, you need to do a recall because somebody else owned that name because you didn't do Google or a trademark search. Oh. And now they're coming at you. And now you're losing hand over fist, money, 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 money. And that <laughs> and now you have to start from square one. One
4: of the purposes of our show is to promote IP awareness so that things like that don't happen to people. And it's IP is a piece of the puzzle. It's own it's it's not the whole puzzle, but we want to make sure that people don't make those kinds of mistakes because we see it all the time.
6: And trademark searches are tricky. I'm not an attorney, so I'm not speaking from a legal sense. But even if the name is close to yours or is highly recognized, like if somebody wanted to do brimstone and you have brimstone, I don't think they could get it, right? Because it'd be, it'd too be close. tough. Yeah. So yeah. you have to look at what's close too. So that's why you need somebody who knows what they're doing yeah. to help you with it.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, what are the barriers to entry? It may be that your brand is already so big that nobody can get in just pure practicality. It may be, yep. you need some legal help. It really depends on the situation.
0: And it's funny because a lot of people write Brimestone and it's hilarious because I'm like, it's very simple name to write. (laughs) It's really simple. It's not hard. Uh, But yeah. And there have been, you know, again, over the years, you know, with social media and so forth, you've got people that, you know, they try to pretend to be me and I don't write on any other message boards or anything other than my official social media and my official website. And that is it. It's funny because there are so many fake sites that come up with Brimstone and so forth. And you got to go after them. You know what I mean? You have to go after them.
6: I want to just clarify this then. So your website is therealbrimstone.com. Is that your social media as well?
0: Back when, when I first went to to get the social media handles, because I'm an old school guy. So when I was first taking on the Brimstone name, I was just like, ah, you know, I, I don't need to have this right away. I don't need to have that right away. And then all of a sudden I needed it. And I go, oh my God. So yeah. I don't have The Real Brimstone for everything, but the most important one, Instagram is what I am I use mostly. It's at The Real Brimstone. It's verified. You know, it's me. That's one of the best places to find me. That aligns with my official website at TheRealBrimstone.com. I've got Twitter at Entrance to Hell, which again, it's just a <laughs> gimmick, guys. It's just a gimmick. But that was one of the reasons, you know, back when Brimstone.com was taken and I haven't been able to get that back since. So I lost Brimstone.com and, you know, somebody took the Brimstone name on Twitter. So at Entrance to Hell was my official website and my Twitter for the longest time. But since I, you know, I rebranded, redid everything about a year or change ago, I switched everything over to the brimstone.com. It's just a, more professional in general. And since I'm not wrestling anymore, it made no sense. So uh, yeah, and and again, on Facebook is um, just Brimstone. That's verified as well, so you know it's me. It's been
4: awesome talking with you. Absolutely. Passage to Profit. We'll be right back after this.
8: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
5: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
6: Brimstone was great, wasn't he? He
4: was. I mean, he's an awesome off-the-charts kind of guy. And <laughs> we love them at Passage to Profit. So and they don't come along very often.
6: No, so if you missed it, but our podcast is out tomorrow.
4: It is, and it's available on all podcast platforms. You can listen to the interview a second time, or you can check out our YouTube channel and look at all the happy faces. And And see
6: if you recognize Brimstone from all the stuff he's been in.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of off the charts, we have with us Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio.
7: Hi, Kenya. Tell us about your Power Move segment. For Power Move, we're going to talk about Marcus Leminis. He's from CNBC's The Profit. He is an unofficial angel investor into a platform called Able and Ready. It's a ride-share business that was started by a woman who was diagnosed with cerebral palsy since she was young and hasn't been able to get around so she decided to create this transportation services to serve the elderly and disabled and he reached out to her and you know made a significant donation to her platform and he's been using his celebrity influence to help her raise funds by other celebrity donations. So I thought that was super nice of him and a real power move because we should use our resources to sow into other people's dreams. And I thought that was great.
6: That's really awesome. You know, it just shows everybody has a heart and he has a heart. And I applaud that social giving. I think it's wonderful. Do you know the name of her platform? Yeah, it's called
7: Able and Ready. And the GoFundMe is Able and Ready Transportation. So if you go to GoFundMe, it's under there. Her goal is a million dollars by September. So then she can get all the transportation logistics in place, and they can really get it off the ground. But what I thought was interesting, too, is one of his missions and goals is to help keep Main Street USA Alive, especially with everything that's happened with the pandemic. But thought that was a great story and was important to share.
4: That is amazing. So the person who's starting this is a young woman who has cerebral
7: palsy? Correct. Correct. So she was diagnosed with it at a very young age. Her name is Rhonda Clark. She has been dealing with this, and she doesn't have any capacity to drive herself at all. So she you know, was inspired to create this rideshare service for everyone
6: who is experiencing that so they can have a better quality of life. Well, hats
4: off to them both.
6: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think people understand how difficult it would be not to be able to get around on your own. I mean, people who can get around. So this is really, really important for a lot of people, quality of life.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Kenya. And now it's time for Elizabeth to give our update on Fireside.
6: Fireside is my startup. It's a Video Directory of Small Businesses. I've been working on it for the last year. I've been doing interviews of small business owners, and now I'm taking the content and getting a website built that will put the content in the form I need it to be in so that I can attract more business. And I have filed for my trademarks for both the name and the logo.
4: She had to pay a lot for those, by
6: the way. (laughs) And I was in the process of drafting a patent application. I'm a patent agent at Your Heart Law and Marketing. Uh, Drafting a patent application application on a lot of the ideas we have around it when my computer decided to bust itself. Well, it flung itself off the sofa somehow. That had nothing to do with the frustration of the <laughs> no, user, did it? No, I didn't. It was totally an accident. Anyway, so my computer's in the repair shop, and I'm trying to get by on a tablet, which is torture. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's where I'm at. I'm still working on the new website and on the patent application, and, and hopefully the trademarks will come you, through soon.
4: And she's really grumpy without a computer. You know, it's <laughs> like you take her computer away. And well,
6: I have a huge monitor, right? <laughs> <laughs> and this little tiny tablet. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, enough about me. Right. Um, so I want to introduce our first presenter. His name is Adam Baker, and I talked about the power chewers. He's got got something for the power chewers in your life with Soda Pup. So welcome, Adam. Thank you.
2: Yeah, so I started Soda Pup in 2013. Uh, in the beginning, it was a side hustle. I was working a corporate job, I'd worked in the sporting goods industry for most of my career. and. I had watched the pet industry throughout 2008 when we had a deep recession and the industry was growing by 4%. And I'm a dog lover and I thought I would love to be involved in a recession-proof business. And so I started studying the market and I found a couple of things. The first thing is that the toy category in the pet industry was very slow moving. In fact, each time I went in to buy products, it was the same assortment month after month, year after year. And coming from a product creation background, I worked for Nike and Under Armour and Crocs Footwear, and we're creating new products every six months. And so I thought, well, what if I can create a fashion cycle to the pet toy industry? The other thing that we focus on in big consumer products is consumer, consumer, consumer. So 53% of American households have a dog, so we have to assume these consumers are not all alike. So the second thing we did was we segmented our consumers and we built different product ranges for different types of consumers. So with our soda pup brand, which is targeting suburban moms with two and a half kids and a dog, we make a product that looks like a coffee cup. It looks like her Starbucks. Uh, And it's a treat dispenser, it's ultra durable. For a different consumer, we have a brand called USA Canine. We make grenades and it's for dudes with big breed dogs and pickup trucks and tough guys with tough dogs. So we made tough looking toys for them. So segmentation is a key part of our strategy. And then the last thing we wanted to do is just give consumers what they want. And what they want is products that last, they want products that are made in the USA, and they want products that are safe. So we produce everything in the USA, everything is FDA compliant, and the shapes are relevant to different people's lives. And so we've built a a collection of products with different trade names for each brand. And so we sell these segmented product ranges to different types of consumers. And so we've been at it for eight years. And I would say, I didn't have a business plan. I did have a business model in mind. And it's been a long and winding road. But the pandemic, as unfortunate as it is, has been a boon for the pet industry because people are at home with their dogs on Zoom calls and they need to keep their dogs occupied. And mostly we make durable chew toys, enrichment toys, et cetera, to keep dogs. Excuse me. So that's what Soda Puppy
4: So Brimstone, do you
0: have any questions or comments in terms of what you're doing? No, I think it's great. I have a new puppy, Jasper, who has is his own little brand, got Jasper, and he actually has three endorsements currently. So uh, we'll have to talk about some stuff that you're doing. Definitely. definitely <laughs> cool
2: thing. Yeah, we'll do the Brimstone one. Kenya?
7: Yeah, I was taking a look at your website. I love the licking mat. I never thought of that as a solution for dogs and the benefits that come from pets licking their saliva helps their digestion, I saw.
2: So, you know, the licking mat is interesting. You're talking about diversifying your business, Brimstone. And so, you know, we started our business with rubber dog toys. It has a very specific manufacturing process. And then we diversified into nylon toys, which is a different type of material, different type of injection molding. And then finally, just this spring, we moved into lick mats. And it's been a crazy surprise for us. We didn't invent lick mats, we just made them better. So, again, we focused on what was wrong with the products that were out there and how could we make improvements on that. The biggest advantage of our lick mats are they're really fun and innovative designs that aren't available in the marketplace. But more importantly, it takes dogs a lot longer to lick the material or the food out. And so you get more licking and fewer calories. So it's just a better product.
6: Well, and you have those for cats too, right?
2: It's the same product. It just works great for cats as well as for dogs.
4: I didn't know that cats were big lickers, but I guess they are.
2: (laughs) They are. Absolutely. And, you know, there are many benefits to licking. It has a soothing effect on dogs and cats, produces saliva, helps digestion, does a lot of other things. And it's enriching. It triggers for a dog, it triggers the natural foraging instincts that the dog would have. So most people know they need to exercise their dogs, but you also need to give your dogs mental stimulation. So that's what a mat does.
6: So your website is sodapup.com. Can people buy directly from your website?
2: They sure can. Yeah, sodapup. It's S-O-D-A-P-U-P. Not soda pop.
6: Right. So S O D A P U P dot com. If you've got a dog or even a cat, Go check out what Adam has on his website. I guarantee you'll love it. If you
4: have a pet that loves to lick, this is the place to go.
6: Or chew if it's a dog. We offer
2: a 30-day replacement guarantee, which no other brand does. People need to believe that the product will work.
4: I guess you can say you lick the competition.
2: (laughs) It's a dog-eat-dog world, Richard. We have to be done
7: with this.
6: Well, I'll tell you, the next time our son and his wife come to visit with their dogs, I'm getting those lick (laughs) mats. So unfortunately, we're out of time for this segment, but that sounds like a wonderful line of products. It's taking something that's been around forever to the next level and making something new that's even better, which is innovation, which is what this show is all about. So thank you very much, Adam. You can find his products at sodapup.com, Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR710, The Voice of New York. And we will be right back.
9: Hi, I'm Lisa Askles, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world. QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, Why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askleys, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, Lisa, at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com.
8: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect. Contact the experts at GearheartLaw, Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at gearhartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
5: Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
6: And our special guest today, Brimstone. If you missed any of the show so far, it's been great. We've had one presenter, we have two more, and these are products of the future. And we're really looking at innovation here. So with us for our next presenters, we have Brian Finkel, all the way from Israel. And David Zinn from L.A. with Devash Organics. Welcome, guys. Tell us what Devash is.
1: Devash is the premier provider and purveyor of date products in the U.S. today. We've got a wide variety of different products that we sell to thousands of supermarkets across the U.S., including Costco, Whole Foods, Walmart, CVS, Whole Foods, just to name a few. We also sell our products on Amazon, on our website, uh, Organics.com and a variety of other online platforms. We sell things ranging from date syrup to whole dates... Chocolate covered date bites to date bars. And we're really the first company in the US, at least, to really put the date front and center. There are people who have sold dates before across the world, across the US. Dates are featured as an ingredient in various products that we eat every day, but there's nobody who's really taken the date and said, We are dates. You know, we're looking to do for dates what. Heinz did for ketchup and what Coca-Cola did for cola, we want to do for dates. That's really amazing. They're a natural sweetener, right? Sure. I mean, dates are great for snacking on their own. They're also great as an ingredient, you know, whether they're mashed up, you know, into a paste or into a sugar powder or a syrup. There's so many different tastes and textures. There's also so many varieties of dates grown throughout the world, mostly in the Middle East, but not only. And it's kind of like the Middle Eastern culinary world's best kept secret dates have been around in that region for thousands of years. And David and I both grew up in the Midwest. I'm from Chicago. He's from Cleveland. We never really had dates. And we're trying to really reintroduce the date to Americans and bring it from the sort of exotic aisle to the main center store.
4: Well, we hope you went on dates every once in a while, but Brimstone.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Brimstone. Do Do you have any advice for these guys or questions?
0: Well, first of all, I took my wife out on a date about 20 years ago and uh, we're still together. So dates are a wonderful thing. Uh, no, I, I think uh, it's fantastic. You guys are in all the right places. I mean, uh, you're talking about all the big brand retails, all the big box stores that you guys are in. I think that it's fantastic. Best of luck to you on that. Thanks so much. Kenya, what are your thoughts?
7: Well, I was taking a look at your ingredients. The first thing I noticed is there's no chemicals, which is very rare to see on an ingredient label. You know, and I'm so interested because I've been using superfoods to correct my insulin resistance as of late, and I think what you're doing is so important in the marketplace because you know we want things to taste good, we want them to be sweet, but we also want them to be healthy. So where do you see your brand growing and progressing from here?
1: First of all, dates themselves are a low glycemic product. So you mentioned uh, the insulin and, and those issues. So you know, obviously consult with your physician, but there are definitely more for people who are watching their sugar intake. Dates are a good solution if you still crave that sweetness. And you also mentioned the clean label. You know, we believe that dates, you know, they're doing the hard work for us in terms of bringing the sweetness. We don't need to add any junk. We don't need to add preservatives. We don't need to add sugar. We never add sugar to any of our products. In terms of next steps, we have really hit on some white space in the grocery and, and, and also e-commerce because you have a lot of stuff that's junk, a lot of added sugar, a lot of preservatives and additives that's just not healthy. It might taste great, but it's not healthy. And then you have other stuff out there that might be healthier, but it doesn't taste good. And we get to sort of enjoy the the best of both worlds in that way, because it's better and it's better for you. And so it also has the added benefit of being you know, non-GMO and paleo-friendly and lower sugar than other similar sugars and similar products. And all natural and vegan, and so it's just opened up a lot of doors. I mean, I mentioned before we're in stores ranging from Walmart on one end, all the way to you know Whole Foods on the other. So we think these products should really be a staple for everyone.
6: Dates are delicious, and I <laughs> I hate to say this, my mother used to make date nut cookies, <laughs> so <she laughs> kind of destroying, but but she loved dates, and we eat them all the time. They have. A really interesting flavor. And I think that they are a good snack food because of the glycemic index and for kids because they're sweet and they're a nice flavor. So I would really encourage everybody to go to the DeVos Organics and Go into whole foods yes. and look for these dates. It's
4: like the new miracle food. I'm just right. uh, I'm fascinated how you guys took this from something that as you said was the best kept secret and elevated it now to almost a new product category.
6: I've got a punchline for you. Beyond fruitcake, the Renaissance of the date because we <laughs> all think of fruitcakes and dates, right? But they really are delicious and they're a good snack. So the website is dvashorganics.com. Passage to Profit, the Inventor Show with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest. Brimstone. And if you missed any of it, the podcast will be out tomorrow and you can see everybody on our YouTube channel and you may recognize Brimstone from some of the film work he's done.
8: We're on WOR
6: 710, The Voice of New
8: York. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection so if you have a new consumer product a new software application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget all of our attorneys are passionate about protection licensed and qualified to represent you before the united states patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearhartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
5: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart.
6: And we are on to our third presenter. And all I'm going to say is, where has this been? <laughs> This is the most innovative product. And this, this was
4: the hook that you used to keep our audience tuned in this This show time. is all
6: about innovation. I'm not gonna say anything about our product. I'm gonna let Michelle whitest tell us everything. Welcome, Michelle. Well, thank you for
3: having me. First of all, we all love a freshly made bed, but no one likes to make it. So I've created a new product called Toasty Sheets. It's such a great feeling when you get into bed at night, but in the morning, we're all so busy. It's just a pain of a chore of bed making. That top sheet, you have to constantly run around your bed and align it. You have to lift a heavy mattress, create the hospital corners and tuck everything in. And you realize, oh, I've done it wrong to start over again. And it's super difficult for people who have younger children who are elderly or disabled, or if you're just like me, a busy mom, you know, pulling teeth with your teenage kids. And personally, I don't have time for it as a busy mom. And realistically, I'm just a little bit lazy and I hate making my bed. So what I've done is I've created something that will help make that chore of changing your bed into an easy to do ritual in the morning. I've created our product, it's called Toasty Sheets, and I've incorporated an elastic seam at the bottom so it fits perfectly onto the foot of your mattress. So it's as if I've taken a hybrid of your flat sheet and your fitted sheet and I've married them together. So now you instantly know that top from the bottom. So I've taken that guesswork out for you so you can just hook it onto the bottom of your bed and just pull it up and they'll stay in place all night. It's flexible. It's not really tight and constrictive. And that's what happens when you get into bed and you end up pulling those sheets and making them come undone. So we've created it. So it comes up a little bit on the side so I can still have my temperature foot and it's still, you know, nice and comfy. I've created this in an organic material, certified organic and a a beautiful purple weave. So I like to say they're luxury sheets for busy people. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to eliminate plastic out of our company so everything I do, it comes just packaged in recycled material in a reusable shopping tote. And I'm just really glad to introduce you to it. And uh, here I am trying to teach the whole world how to make your bed easier.
6: Yeah. So it's really, it's a top sheet that has its own tuck-in system at the bottom. I can't tuck in a bottom sheet. I've never done a military corner. though. <laughs> you know. no. This is perfect for someone like me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I tell you, I'm the same way. I just throw it on there and hope for the best. I just stumbled upon it by accident when I had packed two fitted sheets on a trip and I put it on there and I wanted my top sheet. So I hooked the bottom and I said, why don't I have this? This was so easy, especially when I had my kids were a bit younger then. they had a bed against a wall. Same thing. Just throw it on there. Hope for the best. And then they would never stay on, you know, and then to yell at my kids constantly to make their bed. It was a pain and it was torturous. And at the same time, my father ended up in a convalescent home and he had mobility limitations. And so he couldn't lift up and tuck himself in. And I thought, you know what? This really is great. I need to start looking into this. Kenya, do you have a question for Michelle? Well, I was just going to say, I'm one of those
7: people, and this might be strange. I don't ever use the top sheet because I just can't be bothered with anything of that. So I only would use the fitted anyway. So this is great because now you can actually have the top sheet and have the whole set and the whole experience because before this, I would never even bother with the whole top sheet thing. I just wouldn't use it. So this is pretty cool.
6: So, Brimstone, how easy is it for you to make your bed? Do you like this?
0: I have a wife. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I, she, she is awesome. And she uh, is a stickler for making the bed. And we have all the pillows and all that jazz. You know what I mean? So, we have a nice big, big bed. Um, but, yeah, I am the worst at making beds. Something like this sounds like it would make life a hell of a lot easier. She would be absolutely in love with this. I actually just messaged your, your website to her as we've been speaking. And for me... In terms of, <laughs> I'm constantly on tour. So I'm, I'm all over the place. It's just the worst going from bed to bed to bed in all the different hotels. So you should be speaking to people like the Hilton and the Marriott and getting your sheets up in there. We're Hopefully working on it. That Absolutely. sounds great. Absolutely,
6: Yeah. So just real quick, do these come in all the bed sizes?
3: Yes. King, queen, full, and twin. And we haven't moved on to any of the extra long or California king yet. This is our first run right now of a thousand units. And in our next run, we will offer new colors and additional sizes.
6: I do want to say your website. It's Toasty Sheets. So T-O-E, like your toe, S-T-Y, ToastySheets.com. Thank you. say that again at the end. I expect to see these everywhere in the next couple of years. I wish you all the luck in the world because this is a brilliant, innovative idea. Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, and our special guest, Brimstone. We'll be right back.
8: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
5: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. Our special
4: guest this evening, Brimstone. I didn't get a chance to ask him Where's the fire in Brimstone? But, um, but maybe he'll tell us a little bit later. Who
6: knows? Maybe he doesn't need fire. Maybe he's, he's strong enough. I mean, he is a wrestler. Probably, probably throw me across the room anyway. So if you want to find out more about Brimstone, you've probably seen him on TV or in a movie or something. You can find his website at the real brimstone.com and that's brimstone b-r-i-m-s-t-o-n-e no e in the middle
4: find out about how he wrestles with entrepreneurship because he does have an entrepreneurship (laughs) column on his website he,
6: he actually if you look at his imdb profile he is into so many things and he's got children's things and everything so he's very extremely interesting person i urge you to look him up And then we had Kenya doing our power move segment and Kenya is with iHeart and her email is Kenya Gibson with a P at iHeartMedia.com. And Kenya was the brilliance behind this show. It was her idea. If you want to be on radio or you want to do some advertising or you want digital marketing help, Kenya is really good at all of that with iHeart. She can help you with any iHeart needs you may have. And I talked about my startup fireside directory. And then we had Adam Baker with Soda Pup. Dot com so com Pet toys and products that are next generation, let's call it. So you really want to go on his website and look at everything he has for mostly dogs, but cats too. And then we had Brian Finkel and David Zinn with Devash Organics, D-V-A-S-H, organics.com.
4: It's the new superfood. Dates are here to stay.
6: And then we had Michelle Whiteus with her amazing sheets, the top sheet that never comes undone. It's T-O-E, like toe, S-T-Y sheets.com. She's just started out. That's why you're not seeing this at the Marriott yet. But just wait A year from now, they're going to be everywhere and you're going to want your own, probably be a waiting list.
4: It's been absolutely a pleasure. Brimstone, before we sign off, can you give our audience a few words of wisdom?
0: Stay innovative, people. Aspire to inspire. If you're looking to do something, just stick with it because just about when you're ready to give up, That's when big things happen. Stay outside of the comfort zone. That's when big things happen.
4: Couldn't agree more. Kenya, do you have any final thoughts?
7: I don't think I can top that, to be quite honest. you know, It was great being part of the conversation, uh, and and I couldn't agree more that we need to stay creative and stay slightly out of the box.
4: Very well said. And I'd like to thank our audience for listening. We love you. We'll be back again next week with another episode of Passage to Profit at the same time and at the same station. I want to take the opportunity to thank the whole team at iHeart and everybody who makes this show possible. Noah Fleischman, our producer, our production assistant, Alicia Morrissey, video editor, Chatter Boss. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR710, the voice of New York.